And now, Ravage Love. Take me in, no questions asked. You strip away the ugliness that surrounds me. Who are you? Are you an angel? No. It's episode 27, season 3 of Ravage Love, and we're back with Iraktober! Hi, Julie! Iraktober! Iraktober! If you are not familiar, that is when we spend the entire month of October reading slutty, slutty, spooky stories. And it is... It's really when Renee comes alive. Um, as a goth at heart, um, this is it. This is your resurrection time. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm a goth at heart because I feel no need to invade Rome. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, when you're when you are a goth kid and you get older, um, society really tries to just rip the individuality out of you and that is why i am wearing a leopard print blanket sweater right now um because <laughs> i'm old and cold i'm still goth like if i could get away with it you know i would have like but corpse paint on and like my nails filed into points and my bangs cut into points be listening to some bauhaus like that's <laughs> Who I am, really it deep is, down. It really is. I mean, you are one of the only people I know who has hooked up in a cemetery. So I mean, yeah, well, that makes you that makes you goth as shit. But there's just there's something. I mean, going to Renee's house. I'm going to tell this to the more lovely <laughs> listeners. It's it's a journey, and I mean that in the <laughs> best way because you will be like, "Wow, who is this goth mom?" And then it's Renee being like, "Hi," and that's what I love about you is that your personality is very upbeat but in your heart i mean you're a goth and i love that about you i respect it because goth is a lifestyle it's not it's it's a mentality it really is and you know what i will tell you that recently i acquired the nickname teeth after i told somebody that i collect human teeth um again only something a real goth would say yeah, it's true. And you know what? When I was when I was a teenager, um, my mother would really come out like really shine when it came to people like trying to put me down for how I looked. Like I remember we were at Sailor Raw Mall, and I had these big fucking boots on, and I was like clunking down the the the, <laughs> the, the street with my mom in the mall, <laughs> and this kid just kept turning around like, "What the fuck?" And she yells at this kid. She was like, take a picture. It lasts longer. And <laughs> yes, that actually mama. happened. I love that. Yeah. And when we, when we were talking about orchards last week, when I was on the spooky wagon ride, I got the distinction of being somebody who was like probably the most photographed witch host on the spooky wagon ride because while everyone else was just wearing like a black dress and like, you know, their witch hat, I had made this like, skirt that i cut up and i had like fishnets and i dyed my hair and i had like like corpse paint makeup because i was really yes. in a cradle of filth and i was on all these newspapers and my mom saved she clipped oh. out my thing of every picture that i had and you know she even last year i swear to god this is these are all true stories my mother went to the dentist and she asked him for teeth if she, for teeth <laughs> 
And oh he was like, my god he was like i can't give you that it's medical waste she's like well my daughter collects it so like how would i get that she was trying to hunt down human teeth for me so if my mother isn't just the most supportive fucking angel on the planet i don't know but that's who i am and my mother accepts me warts and all so. i truly love this now you folks know why Oroctober means so much to us and Yes. You know, this is our second October, so we had to really think about how to up the ante a little bit. We didn't want to just give you some run-of-the-mill spooky season stuff. So Renee no. was like, hey, Julie, heard about this extremely niche subgenre <laughs> of romance? And I was like, no, tell me more. So what was our theme for this week, Renee? We're kicking October off with a fucking bang. Well, what happens when the Amish and the undead meet, Julie? It's Amish vampires. And if you're thinking, <laughs> but no, there's no way. There can't possibly be more than one book of Amish vampires. Oh, there is. And in fact, I read the first book in a trilogy and Renee read a completely different book. And so it exists. It exists. I found three trilogies, two of which were romance specific one which was a sci-fi but three separate amish vampire trilogies there you go there you go people so it's a thing it exists and we are diving into it this week so i read a book that i mean from the jump already excited about called plain fear <laughs> forsaken uh and again if you are new to the podcast welcome but for those of you that are returning returning champions you know that we love an Irish, an Amish moment on this show. I in particular, mm-hmm. and Renee hates punny titles, but I love them with my whole heart. So, plain is how Amish people, I mean, according to books about them, uh, refer to each other. So it's like they, they, you know, reject any and all forms of vanity or pretense. They're just above all about being plain because that's what God wanted and. You know, who are we to say that God's image wasn't good enough? So we don't need buttons. We don't need zippers. (laughs) We don't need makeup. We're plain as fuck. So the woman who wrote my book, and again, as you said, it's a trilogy. So the first book is called Forsaken. And that's the book that I read. And uh, it's written by Leanna Ellis. And she, it's not blatant, but like a lot of Christian things. You got to read between the lines. So it's clear that she's a Christian author. And she's based in Texas, and she has written 20 novels. And this is, as I said, the beginning of a trilogy, which actually has quite good reviews. So I think it's like Mm -hmm. a four out of five stars or three and a half out of five stars on Goodreads. So not terrible. Not bad. Very long. So according to my Kobo, this was a six to seven hour read. So it was about 500 pages or so. I will say, very well written. So, you know, a legitimate cover. <laughs> uh, so, as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter to see the covers of our books. But I was, so from the jump, I was impressed. I was like, okay, you know, sometimes we see stuff that's typos and weird grammar and like, no, writing was strong. There was no like weird plot holes and stuff. But it was still fundamentally about Amish vampires. And it starts pretty ominous with a young woman named Hannah. And Hannah's a young woman in her early 20s. And she's distraught, Renee. She's distraught. She's distraught because the love of her life, Jacob, has died. (gasps) And she can only find comfort in visiting his grave. And in fact, the book starts with her 
hearing his name and then going to his grave in the cemetery at night and something compels her to bring a knife and she thinks about ending her life and realizes she doesn't want to do that but she just she the pain it's too much much. so they had this very intense romance that you know they're Amish so they grown up together their whole lives and she really started to fall for him when he saved her from drowning (gasps) and he then would read her poetry he would recite poems to her all the time oh my Um, god I just I mean beautiful courtship you know just beautiful beautiful courtship what a catch an absolute fucking peanut if you're asking me so but things got complicated when he goes on his rumspringer which again if you are new to Amish lifestyle, welcome to Ravage Love. And Rumspringer is when Amish youth get a year to go out and to live into the English world, which is what they call like you and I. And it's kind of like a it's a, a year that you take, kind of like a gap year, where you go and you get to experience the English world if you want to. And the point is when you come back from that is when you sort of officially become baptized into the Amish sort of religion or hood night or whatever the words are, depending on the different sects of, of, of being a uh, Amish. So as a Catholic, it was like your confirmation, like your whole life you were raised in this religion, but it's this moment where the religion says, Hey, now you can choose for yourself. Now coercion is real. Most people just go with what their family wants them to do, but not Jacob. No, he goes away to new Orleans. Oh, Orleans. Orleans, And he comes back a changed man and Hannah still loves him, but she's now torn because he decides he doesn't want to be Amish anymore and decides he's going to leave. And when she's deciding what she's going to do about that, he dies mysteriously. So now also, like, she's distraught. How do you go back to being Amish after you've had jambalaya? Oh, a hundo. You go and hear some music in the French Quarter and you're just going to go back to bailing hay wearing no buttons? Fuck off with that shit. You know, you like you know how I feel about jazz, but it will turn an Amish person like that. <laughs> hundo. Hundo. 100%. Hundo percent. Yeah, so obviously Jacob comes back from New Orleans and is not interested in being Amish anymore and then he dies. Hannah is distraught. Now, his death was mysterious. But no one really seems to be too obsessed with finding an answer to it, probably because they've kind of written him off because he's written them off. So meanwhile, the whole time that Jacob and Hannah have been having this, you know, torrid love affair of reading poetry by the cemetery or whatever it is they do. Uh, Hot. I mean, some people's jams. He has a brother named Levi. And Levi has been put in the Amish friend zone because Levi... (laughs) (laughs) loves Hannah loves Hannah but she only sees him as Jacob's brother and as this very chaste very kind very straight-laced person it's not really exciting like Jacob was but oh Levi he pines he pines he pines for (laughs) Hannah then weird shit starts happening Renee just weird shit starts happening in the town and then we meet Ruck who is a cop and he comes to town because... Good cop or bon cop? Um, both. <laughs> <laughs> he is brought to the area because he's based in Philadelphia. And there's a mysterious murder there of a woman who has these what appear to be bite marks in her neck. And she's found dead. <gasps> and Ruck 
recognizes her clothes as being very plain. So he's like, I think this Jane Doe is a woman from the local Amish community. So he goes to local Amish communities trying to find her people. Because it's a Christian author that wrote this, one of the books, one of the towns is called Precious. <laughs> and, oh, bless. One, and one of the towns is called Intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> what? An Amish town? Just a little small town called Intercourse. Loved was it, it an Amish town? Yes. Like a, no. like it was like a hybrid, hybrid Amish rural kind of a town. Oh, yeah. But in Precious. like a bubble. <laughs> oh, it's just fucking beautiful. But in Precious, um, yeah, so he's trying to find this mysterious killer. Mm-hmm. Comes to the small Amish town. Then the Amish start complaining about animals that are being murdered and animals who are being tortured and like finding their um, stock like murdered in like these really grotesque ways. And they're trying to figure out why. And Ruck thinks there's something otherworldly happening because Ruck's wife was killed in a similarly mysterious circumstance. So he doesn't want to believe that vampires exist, but he's only somewhat cynical about their existence because he's like, there's there's something to this story. So Rock is trying to find out why young women are, like, why this young woman died, why animals are dying. Meanwhile, Levi is trying to get with Hannah, but she's just like, no, your dead brother is all I want in this world. But now she's in her early 20s and she's basically a spinster. Well, who comes to town and rescues Hannah? This smoking hot, mysterious stranger wearing a leather jacket. Oh my god, stop my heart. Named Take me in a cemetery. <laughs> named Akiva. <laughs> and <laughs> Akiva is every fucking grease happy days fucking <laughs> cliche of like grease. He literally drives a fast car and wears a leather jacket and he's he can a turn bad- a- Turn a jukebox on by hitting it. Hells yeah. He's got his cuff jeans and his slick back hair. And he's into bad boy things. So she goes like racing in his car with him and like staying out late at night and stuff like that. And meanwhile, <laughs> Levi, like he, I basically read it as like cutting constantly to Levi, just like staring into the camera, like, <laughs> like an episode of The Office, like her just like frolicking with this bad boy and then just cutting to him being like, womp, womp. Um, so then she's starting to be like, oh, this Akiva guy. He also recites poetry. Um, he also, he reminds me of Jacob. So finally, comes to pass, Akiva is Jacob. <gasps> Akiva oh is a vampire. Because when Jacob went to New Orleans, he was seduced by a woman who he thought, ooh, I'm going to have a sexual experience in New Orleans and really live up my rumspringer. Uh Rum spring up breakers, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, turns out she was a vampire. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Did he meet Anne Rice? <laughs> I do believe. And that's okay. why I thought, like, okay, is this going to go to some fucking kinky place? No, it wasn't because of Christian wrote it. <laughs> so, anyways, Akiva is vampire Jacob, and Hannah's really into him and realizes, oh my God, this is like the best thing I could do. It's the closest thing to getting Jacob. He's a little bit dark, he's a little bit edgier, but I could fuck with it. And he, yeah, tells her that he's a vampire, and she's like, oh, okay. But then he says, you're going to have to let 
me bite you and be a vampire so that we can be together. Otherwise, we can't be together. And she is real torn and does not know what to do. Um, And then she says no. And I don't really think I want to. And he freaks out. And he pushes her up against a headstone. And she (gasps) hits her head. And she passes out. And she wakes up to kicking and screaming. And it's because Rock has come to arrest him because Rock has figured out that Akiva is who killed that woman and Akiva is who killed the <laughs> livestock. And so Rock is coming to arrest him. And then that's when Akiva is like, fuck you, she's my woman. And then old Levi, like a trusty pair of jeans, just fucking... <laughs> Just rolls up with Rock and he's like, I suspected something was happening. And then he goes to steal Hannah and then poof, Akiva disappears. So Akiva, there's a whole other subplot where like Akiva's like New Orleans whore that made him a vampire. She's there too. And she's in the town and they're all, it's a whole other thing. But basically Akiva disappears, disappears as is. And Hannah realizes she was in love with Levi the whole time and that Levi was the safer choice. And Ruck goes back to his town feeling like he's somewhat like he's confirmed his suspicion that vampires are real, but he hasn't gotten true justice because he wasn't able to kill Akiva. And so I'm going to uh, read you. I'm going to go right to my reenactment now and I'm going to read you um, how the book ends. Um. So at this point, Hannah's wounded from her injury of being pushed up against a headstone. Levi has swept her up and taken her in a buggy. Because <laughs> we Amish. <clears throat> Levi helped Hannah into the buggy, feeling as weak and ill as she looked. He climbed in beside her, took the reins in hand, and released the brake. But he kept one arm around her shoulders, pressing her against his side. He wasn't sure where her trembling ended, and he began, It's over now, Hannah. It is all over. I don't know, Levi. I don't know anything anymore. (gasps) I don't know what that is, but I'm running with it. He rested the reins on his thigh. Her pale skin looked even paler in the soft moonlight. Still, she was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen. He longed to hold her, to comfort her, but he knew he must wait because now was not the time. Because when the moment came, they might both fall apart until they could help piece each other back together. Then tell me, what do you know? What do you mean? I mean, there are things you know for certain, things you can hold on to in times like these. He looked deep into her brown eyes and could see the shock shock she was in. You know that the good Lord is Lord of all heaven and earth. Even though we have seen evil this night, we know that it is the Lord that reigns over it all. It is written. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am that he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. With each word of the scripture that Levi spoke, his voice grew stronger and his own countenance flushed with immense feeling. Hannah felt her heart begin to pound, thrilling to the sound of his voice and confidence. She clung to his hand and pressed it against her cheek. And what is it that you know, Hannah? He asked. She gazed up into his watery blue depths of his eyes. I know I love you. <laughs> her voice gained strength as did her heart. But did he believe her? Did he take comfort in the love, the way he, her love sheltered and protected him? She felt ashamed of what she had said to Akiva, what she had promised him. Could Levi ever understand her reasons? Levi! She <laughs> holding his hand between both of her own. I didn't mean what I said back there. I lied to Akiva. 
She squeezed his hand. Do you, do you know that? His gaze intensifies. I know you risked your life for me. You said what you thought you must in order to protect me. I did no more than you risked coming after me. He cupped her face with his hand. She tilted her head, leaning into his touch, his caress, and closing her eyes. You know that I love you, yeah? <laughs> Tears rushed to the surface at his words, which resonated deep in her soul. Still, Levi? Her voice cracked. Her lips trembled. Even now, after all of this, after you know what I have done. He pressed a finger to her lips and then silenced her completely with a soft, reverent kiss. <laughs> Even always. His next kiss was filled with all the passion and hope she two shared. It would have gone on and on except Levi's horse snorted and stomped his hoof. Levi pulled away only slightly, his face alight with a smile. Then he tucked her against his side, covered her lap with a blanket, and she felt that shel sheltering of his love wrap around her. It will not be easy, but we will, he lifted the reins. We will get beyond this. Together. He squeezed her hand. For scripture says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that he might live through him, here and in love. Not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. To be the propitiation of our sins. She spoke with ancient words with Levi. <laughs> Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. <laughs> For we have both sinned, Hannah, you and I. But God's sacrifice covers our sins. And through his love, through the love we share, we will get through this together. <laughs> she whispered, squeezing his hand in return and smiling at him through tears. Snowflakes began to fall, lightly covering the fields and road. The clippity clop of hooves. <laughs> of hooves echoed in the stillness, reminding them of, of where they had come from and where they were going and the faith that had carried on through them. Their love, a real love, a sacrificial love, would see them through because love always triumphs. <laughs> the end. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what a gem, am I right? Also, a detail I forgot to tell you is um, it turns out that not only was Heli, uh, Eli, voyons, Levi a hashtag good man, um, it came out that he was actually the one that saved Hannah from drowning, but because Jacob had such a crush on her, he made it seem like Jacob was the hero so that Jacob could get one up on her. Oh my God. So what Jacob was shit the whole time, but we only knew it when he became a vampire and scene that was uh. plain fear forsaken. Uh, I'm giving it zero out of five spicy apple cakes because <laughs> What I read you was basically the spiciest part of the book. Oh, really? Oh, no. No fucking, no sexual tension. Like, some weird chase, like, oh, me and Jacob used to kiss in the barn and shit. But, like, it didn't even get remotely, even a tinsy bit of a tingle from me. Ah, Yeah. So, that was my book. Tell me everything about yours. Well... <sighs> Mine was the opposite because I actually had to change my panties. Let's. Okay. Wrap. Yeah. Um. So mine was called Original Sin, yes. The Order of Vampires, yes. Book One from yes. Lydia Michaels. This book was written in 2020. This next book in the trilogy is coming out this Christmas. And you know what? I'm going to read it. Yes. Um, yes. So 
My book was a combination of if the vampires in Twilight were shifters. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the year is 1934. And we're deep in the Pennsylvania mountains. And I thought it was fun that it was like Pennsylvania. Ah, ah, ah. Like <laughs> that's not that's not how it is, because it's like Pennsylvania Dutch. But you get you get what I where I was going. So you were deep in the Pennsylvania mountains. It's 1934, and Ezekiel <laughs> is chasing is chasing his brother Isaiah because Isaiah has become fish, and what that means is he's feral, Julie. He is unhinged, and the reason he's unhinged is because he got his calling to go uh, to his mate, but he ignored it. And what happens is if you ignore the calling to your mate or you don't find them in time, you turn into a rabid fucking monster that just kills everything in your path. So they've had to hunt him down, Ezekiel and a gang of other Amish folk. Um, they've had to hunt him down to kill him, put him down because he's just killing people. If we find out later in the book that he's actually in Quebec right now, <laughs> he's in that cave um, deep in Quebec. It opens and it says Pennsylvania, but they're not in Pennsylvania. That was one of the in inaccuracies in the book, but I digress. So that's how it opens. And then we, we, we jump forward to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, present day, where we meet Adam. And Adam, he wakes up and he's just like shook because he's had a dream. And the thing is, is that they don't dream. Who are they, Julie? Well, they're vampires. They're vampires living as Amish folk and have been for centuries when they came over as Puritans from Europe. Now, they're colonizers, yes, but um, they don't consider themselves to be vampires. In fact, they consider themselves to be immortals. Vampires are what they call the feral or the feeish versions of their kind who are uncontrollable um, because the immortal... Amish folk, um, if they survive on animal blood and in consuming animal blood and, and protein from like plants and other sources and stuff, they can actually go out in the sun. So they've chosen to live as Amish folk and um, live that lifestyle because it keeps them isolated from the outside world. They're not going to get picked up and dissected. They're not going to do any of that. Um, so they're, they're living, they're happy, they're happy. But Adam, he has woken up. He's had this dream vampires i'm gonna just call them vampires they're not supposed to have dreams uh but when you do have a dream what it means is that god has decided that you have a mate out there in the world but what it also means is that a countdown has begun and if you do not find that mate in time you will go feral and you will just start fucking killing people and the rule is in this community that if that happens you got to be put down because you're a risk to the to everybody um to all the people so Adam um, has a twin brother. His brother's name is Cain. Adam is an empath. He has the power of empathy. So he feels what other people are feeling, which is really difficult for him because his mother, um, she's been having lots of miscarriages and it's been devastating her. Um, she's, she's just really upset. And in this moment, she's actually just had another miscarriage. She's devastated. Adam's living that with her. He has a sister named Grace. Grace is telepathic. She can read minds. Um, but she's also a woman in an Amish community. So it's her job to take care of her mother. Kane, as far as we know, has no powers as far as we know. 
But Kane also doesn't really give a shit about Amis culture. I mean, like, he's there, but he's kind of, like, is questioning, you know, the community and his role and everything. He's kind of blase about the whole affair. But Grace, who um, can read minds, can read on Adam that something has happened. He's had a dream. And because his mother has just had this loss, he doesn't want to tell anybody because he wants to be there to support his mother. And um, because he has this desire now to hunt his mate, his sister's like, okay, well, you can help mom for a bit, but you have to go. We have to tell the elders, like, you have to get out of here and go find this person or we're going to have to put you down. So he agrees, like, just give me a few days. I'm going to take care of my family. Fast forward over to a mall where we meet Annalise or Anna for sure. And Anna is sitting at a table waiting for somebody to show up. And we learn later that it's her biological father. Anna's mother has passed away from cancer. And Anna's mother was like her world. They were best friends. It was a very devastating loss. And she has no family to speak of except for this biological dad who has continued to stand her up over and over again. So she's, she realizes like he's not coming and she's really sad about it. She decides to head to work. Now, Anna is exhausted because Anna is a student. She's trying to get a diploma in like medical office assistance. And she, uh, is working a job at this bar called Jimbo's and she's just like hustling. She just wants to like establish herself in the world. She wants to have a career. She wants to learn. She wants to just do better for herself. She wants to be independent. And we learn that she works with a guy named Kyle and Kyle is super into Anna. Um, and Anna's really not feeling it. Um, but meanwhile, she has like other coworkers are like, you should just throw him a bone, like just fuck him, whatever. And she's like, I don't know, but she feels empty. And she's also exhausted because she's also been having really wacky dreams. And in these dreams, um, you know, she's in like a field and she's running around with something and like it's beautiful and it's sunny it's lovely and in one of these dreams um she's surrounded by these beautiful butterflies and she's like oh my god they're so beautiful and they're blue and it's like blue she's ever seen and then they get replaced by these red butterflies and the butterflies start biting her and she's like holy shit and she wakes up just like panicked um adam we learn is having a very similar dream where he's in a field and he's running with this woman he can't see and she smells like honeysuckles and it's just like he's so fucking horny for this woman he's like that's my mate she belongs to me i have to find her um so he goes out into the world his family's like you got to go do this before you run out of time so go fucking find your mate bring her back here the plan is to just like fucking take her and bring her back to amish country doesn't matter what she's up to. We're just yeah. going to take her back. Yeah. And so um, he makes it to the city. And based on like signs he's had in his dreams, he's able to hunt her down and uh, kind of like get to the bar where she works. And in the bar, um, he is struggling because the only patrons are men. And he's just like, they all are into her and he's very possessive and he's like, Oh my God. But he's like, I gotta be cool about this. This is like the English world is very different from my world. I just gotta be cool. So he, you know, starts to kind of flirt with her and she's just like, Oh my God, this guy's so fucking hot. Like I'm into him. Blah, blah, blah. And when he leaves, she realizes like, Oh, she's kind of like sad that he's not there anymore. Um, and so it goes on where like Kyle is trying to like get with her, but she's not really feeling it. And she's trying to finish school. Finals are coming up. And Adam's like, I got to find a way to like 
get this woman to come with me, but he doesn't want to force her to do it. Even though in like Amish law, you know, a man has control over his mate or his whatever. Um, he wants it to be her decision. He wants to give her choices, but the whole book, it's like, he just won't tell her what's going on. Like he won't just be candid. Like I'm a vampire. And if you don't mate with me, I'm going to die. Or yeah, I'll go and like, kill a village. Like, just be real. Just, just be honest. Just real talk. Yeah. Like, like he can handle it. Um, and she can handle it. But I digress. So it goes on for a long time where, like, he just won't tell her the truth. And then finally, like, there's a, there's a part where, like, he just kind of, like, uses his powers to break into her house and watch her sleep. And I was like, oh, Eddie Cullen, like, take it down a notch. But then he also feeds from her while she's asleep because animal blood is no longer sustaining him. And his, like animal urges are coming forward and then he just like really struggles to control himself and he just bites her and takes her blood and um like in her sleep she's into it but then he's like riddled with regret and he's like oh my god i didn't want to do that i didn't want to do that so as the book goes on you realize like his animal instincts are taking over despite his best efforts and then one night he's like i have to go tell her the truth like i have to tell her what's going on and he goes to her apartment but then Kyle shows up and Kyle is like hot to trot. He just wants to, you know, <laughs> shoot his shot. And, and uh, Adam's fucking like, Kyle's fucking Kyle's. And Adam's like, nope. So he like bites him and drains his blood. And then he kind of lets him go and all of that. But then meanwhile, he like goes upstairs and he um, makes, he makes Annalise fall asleep and he kidnaps her and takes her back to little Amish town. Now, all the all the Amish vampires know what's going on. They're like, well, he has to mate with her. So we're just going to support it. And Annalise, meanwhile, is like, okay, I have a life. I have school. I have a career. I am trying to make something in my life. Like, yeah, I don't have family, but like, you can't just take me away. Like, this is bullshit. You can't do this. What about my choices? And she's really, really fighting back. And she's swearing. And she's like, yes. not wearing your, she's like, I'm not wearing your fucking clothes. And she's like, I'm not giving you my hair tie. And he's like, you have to. Like, please stop fighting with me. She's like, no, fuck you. And he's like, please stop swearing. She's like, no, go to hell. And he's just like, stop, please. But he loves her so much. He just loves her so much. And her family, his family is like really trying to be cool with her and like, you know, help her feel supported and stuff. But she's like, why do I have to go to an outhouse? Why do I got to do this? What? Like, she's just so angry. <laughs> um, And so slowly, like slowly, she's starting to get to know him a bit more and she's starting to piece together kind of what's happening. He still doesn't know he's a vampire. Um, But he's like, you are my mate. Like, you're my everything. We're going to be together forever. Like. And she's like, this is some Stockholm shit. Like, take me home. And he's like, no, babe, like I can't. So slowly she starts to like realize that, yeah, like she's really drawn to him. And like, she, maybe she's not in love with him, but like she's horny for him. And like, she can't help that. Um, So they fuck. Yes. And this is the, this was the hottest book I've ever read in my life. Um, okay. If you. Yeah. Sorry, we need to take a second there. That is saying a lot, Renee. If yeah, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I had to put it down and go for a drive last <laughs> night because it was yeah. so hot. Like it this was the hottest book I've ever read in my life. Um Whew. would recommend just for that. And it's like they're fucking a lot in the book. And they're not married yet, which I thought was fun. That it's like, oh well, they're Amish, but like they're still fucking. Um 
So they fuck a lot. It's really great. Um, but meanwhile, Adam is like getting weaker because he doesn't want to take her blood without her permission. He does a couple times and she finds out later and she's pissed. But one day she decides to go for a walk and um, she's hanging out like under a tree and and who she thinks is Adam comes over. But his brother Kane's actually his identical twin. And Kane's like, hey, baby let me get into that skirt and she's like what's gotten into you and he's like i just want to like be inside you and she's like wait a minute i don't think you're adam and then out of nowhere a fucking animal or something pouts and zod kane and literally tears him apart Ooh. yeah and she's like the fuck was that well it was adam because adam is a fucking possessive and he needs to bond with this woman um or he's gonna die so like basically his brother did the most like a grievous thing that you could possibly do in the Amish community of vampires. And that's like, try to steal someone's mate. So he like tears him apart. They get him off of him. And Ken like kind of goes, runs away and hides. And Annalise is just like, why would your brother try to do that? Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't recognize him at first. And, you know, I, I didn't realize that like you have an identical twin. And he's like, I don't know why he would do that. Um, and so we find out later that, um, Turns out Kane is also being called to bond with Annalise, which is unheard of in this Amish sect of vampires. This has never happened before. Um, so the story goes on. She, you know, keeps fighting with with um, Adam and, you know, because he's constantly trying to, like, ask her to trust him, but he's not being honest. And she it takes a really long time for her to have to piece together that he's a vampire. But, like, they could just fucking tell her, but nobody does. And it goes on like this for a long time. And finally, um, push comes to shove. He's going to have to turn, turn her because she's dying or like he's dying and it's getting worse. And then we find out she's pregnant with this vampire baby. And she's like, Oh no. But then she also realizes in her dreams that like this dark side to her dreams is Cain coming into her dreams. So he, she must be bonded with both of them and she wants to save Cain and not have him be arrested. And there's this big fight scene and in the fight scene, she gets knocked out and she's going to die. And then Adam's like, I have to turn her. I have to bond with her, but his blood's not working. So they have to go find Cain and he's all jealous and it's a lot of back and forth and all of that. Um, there's a lot of politics in this book, vampire politics. Um, <laughs> the story is a lot of back and forth between Adam trying to like control Annalise based on his Amish culture, which is that like women are subservient and women are, you know, kind of at the mercy of their partners. And the thing is in this community is that not all vampires have like a like a mate so some of the vampires marry for convenience in this community like um he has a sister named larissa and, and larissa has been married for convenience but her husband's like a piece of shit and he like rapes her we find out and he beats her up and all this and she just like is so unhappy at, at the end of the book she like flees and actually goes to like a strip club and starts working there so i want to read that for book number two because i want to know if larissa is in this club stripping but i digress um <laughs> and basically you know the the problem Annalise is having is that she just refuses to be like reined in she cannot live like that she's not prepared to do that and she doesn't feel like he's she's getting a lot of like give from Adam and his culture um 
but she also has no family and she has no no community and she feels really alone but in this community they've welcomed her and they, they love her and so she has this home so she's originally she's like i will bond with you and i will mate with you um but i'm not gonna marry you because where i'm from marriage is like they fall apart and all of that like i want to do it when i'm in love with you and he secretly marries her um while she's passed out unconscious um which she got really pissed about rightfully right mm -hmm. um but in the end they do end up like actually getting married and she gets turned into a vampire and um she's like super hot and he's super hot and he decides he is going to let go of a lot of his amish uh, culture and beliefs to support her because he doesn't want her to change he doesn't want her to be less feisty and less you know herself so he decides he's gonna bend um but you could tell that things are gonna start to change in this community and uh we'll find out more in book two yeah because so. see both of our books ended with a bit of a cliffhanger some space for some continuation which i love but in your case you're gonna read you're going to keep on reading because you loved it that much. I I really, really enjoyed it. It, Like, honestly, it was How really long was hot. it? How long it was, was it? It was about 550 pages. It was okay, long. So, yeah, so both of our books this week were really long. But yours was spicy and good. So on the spice factor, I mean, obviously, it's a five out of five. But five out of five, what? Ooh, um, five out of five sugar pies. Ooh. It's yeah. not spicy, but again it's spicy for amish folk hells yes so again if you're new to this conversation the amish fucking love their sweet treats oh they love it yeah love some sugar some, give them a butter pie give them a sugar pie like they're set for life so um there was no mention of sugar pies in this um Rude. they they eat like lamb blood but um i mean and she, each she, other and each other <laughs> so much um, yum, yum, yum. yeah it's really beautiful um i'm gonna read some for you yeah for you. what are you gonna yeah. read for us um so she's just been turned into a vampire and they're gonna fuck so. yeah hit me <clears throat> i'm gonna do the same voice that you did though <laughs> we've i've decided that is the uh amish voice now it is what it, it is, is. <laughs> okay <laughs> there we go she let go of the sheets, spreading her arms outward and turning in the open air. He was once again reminded that her body had changed in subtle ways. Her scars were gone. A sheen of vivid color threaded her hair and her skin had the vitality of an immortal. He should have been with her during these earlier hours of her transition. Have you eaten? She stopped spinning and smiled. No, I'm very hungry. <laughs> He held out a hand and she came to him, climbed onto his lap and wreathing her arms around his neck. He kissed her throat, awakening her pulse, and she moaned. When an immortal mates, uh, when immortal mates make love, their pleasure is heightened. I want to prepare you for that. She began to rock her weight over him, her keening moans awakening his desires. Her nose nestled close to his pulse and her tongue licked over him. I want you, she whispered. Not so fast, my love. She frowned at him. Why? Is there something wrong? 
I only want to prepare you. From here on, I will provide everything you need. I will feed from the animals and you will use my blood to nourish your body and our children. But when we feed from each other, it will be unlike other feedings. The intimacy, it's a potent mix of need and hunger, lust and drugging satisfaction. Her smile stretched and her fangs extended. I want that. Now, Adam. Don't make me wait. <laughs> he slid out of his clothes and pulled her <laughs> pulled her more on top of him, her body arching and purring as his blood thrummed through his veins, calling to hers. Her fingers scored his shoulders as she rocked over him. He cupped her breast and kissed her mouth to each uh, kissed his mouth to each nipple. I'm here to meet your every need. His fingers trailed up her spine to your every desire. Adam, she begged, please, I need you. <laughs> Take me inside of you. She fit his cock between her folds and sucked in a sharp breath as he filled her. Her pleasure melded with his own. He kissed her passionately, possessively, and whispered against her swollen lips, Take what you need. I offer myself to you. Her head tipped back and her fangs sank, to, sank into him, impaling his body, her body over his. Her nails lengthened, pressed into his skin and muscle as she greedily took what he offered. Her unguarded emotions unraveled before him, her hunger feeding his own. Insatiable need rose up like a tidal waves crashing in a boundless ocean. He drank from her. Their passion swirled and carried them deeper and deeper until the world fell away and all that existed was their love, swept along with the tide, left gasping in the end. Um, then she's like, more, she pleaded. Don't hold back. I want to feel everything. And it goes on like that. Um goes on like that now that was not the hottest scene but i felt like it encompassed the most vampire things in their sex um, yes the book this yeah the book is very spicy if you don't read it the way julie makes sound. <laughs> if you read it like a fucking normal english person then i'm sure it's very spicy <laughs> It's very spicy. Um, yeah, I'm just a fucking child that can't take life seriously. So that's on me. That's my oh, bad. Adam. <laughs> Adam, your penis is so big. <laughs> Let me drink your blood. Okay. Like, yeah. Um, you mean that's not hot? So weird. So weird. Yeah, it's weird. Like, imagine. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just encourage all of our listeners in the bedroom. Please use that voice for the next oh. week. Let us know how it goes. 100%. Uh, yeah. Slide into our DMs. Tell us all of the steamy details of that fucking interaction. Yeah, but don't drink each other's blood. Like it's not Oof. the time or the place. There's a no. pandemic happening. Yeah. Fuck. Um, Gross. But I digress. Uh, well, that was it. That was. I mean, I think we went hard for week one. So I'm very proud of us. Me too. Um, and what are we doing next week, Renee? Oh, we are doing haunted hotties. Hey, can't mm -hmm. wait. So stick around for that. Also, you might want to follow us on the Instagrams and the Twitters because we're going to post the cover of our books. But also, we're going to do another bingo card this Rocktober. Yes. So if you're unfamiliar with that, you basically just download the bingo card. And if we say any of the words that are on it, you get a bingo, you let us know, you get a prize. It's a wonderful it's a wonderful experience. That oh we do my it. god. Oh I love sweater weather. I love sweater weather. It's sweater weather. So we do bingo, we get the bingo dabbers, we get the trolls. It's a whole thing. 
That's so stick time. around for that. And by the end of the month, we're also going to have an Instagram live again. Yes. So stay tuned for the deets on that. But thank you so much for listening and joining us on this wacky little yeah. spooky wagon ride we take every week together. Yeah. And in the meantime, if you have any sexy Halloweeny art you want to share with us, we will share it. We will post it on our Instagram. We want to hype you up, especially if you are making spooky, sexy content. Um, oh God, hit us with all of that shit. Yes. Yeah. And we I- haven't decided all of the reads for this month yet, because how could you? The options are endless. So if you have a suggestion, um, like one of our listeners suggested, ghost sex, um, <laughs> please let us know because you will not be disappointed. We hear you. We see you. We want to we wanna give you what you want. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. We've got to give the people what they want. So what themes, want. authors, slutty, slutty artwork, whatever you got, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And again, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You won't regret it. Lols guaranteed week after week. And join us next week where we're going to talk about haunted hotties. Oof. Yes. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm 100% ready. Oh, I'm in my element. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my God, that was that was it. That's it. We're done. That's it for this week. Oh, it feels incomplete, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm going to go read more spooky shit. In the meantime, <laughs> do you want to sing us out? Sure do, man. Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS, the number two, J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.